All right, Parshish Mishpatim, I want to share with you. This is phenomenal. I want to share with you a really beautiful idea. Give pass me the Chumash, please. So, Parshish Mishpatim, generally speaking, as a, for the most part, deals with the more um, logical aspects of Torah. Mishpatim, Mishpatim is uh, things that, that make sense to us, that we could figure out on our own. Deals with most of the halachas of Chayish uh, Mishpat, which deals with inter, inter, interpersonal relationships, Business transactions, um, massive damages, tort law, etc. All those things that that uh, that we could figure out on our own, and the, and then some. Towards the end of the parsha, we have a very very interesting parsha of the rotzeach b'shogeg, somebody who kills somebody uh, by accident. So <clears throat> it's a parsha that we've that, that we've discussed at late, great length that you've learned over the years. What exactly the whole parsha of of uh, of Ari Miklad is all about? That a person kills someone b'shogeg. Nothing happens, even when things happen b'shogeg. Nothing happens by accident or by coincidence. It's that a person has done something in his life that Hashem sees reason that this should happen. Al Yadai should happen through him, and uh, and that that c- carries over. Uh, into all of our thinking of how of how things play out. The general halachas of shogig. Now, the general rule of somebody who kills b'shogig or of a rotzeach b'shogig is that he has to go to the Ari Miklat. He has to go to the city of refuge. He has to go to the, to, to a, a new sviva. He has to go to a place of specifically the Ari Miklat. Are are cities that are designated as the Yerusha, as the Mokum, where. Um, where the Levim live, Levim are the Malam de Torah, they're the people that teach Torah to us. They're the ones that's going to take this person from the negative place where he was, as meaning as as we, we we see him as a person who is technically, I guess, on some level, um, he has clearly he has some Averos Biyodoi that Akash saw fit to bring through him um, uh, this this particular accident, so to speak. And uh, and he ended up killing somebody, and and that doesn't happen by accident. It only happens to somebody that deserves that, and he ends up in an irmiklat in a place where which can be which can be mechaper on his on on his averus. Then the Torah pivots from the rotzeach b'shogeg to somebody who is a rotzeach b'mezid, right? Somebody who kills somebody. Uh, on purpose. And the way the Torah says it is, um, but the way the Torah says it is, That if a person comes against his person, 
b'mezid, that he does a ba'arma, that he does in, in a planned out, he plans out to kill him, right? So then you will surely take him out to be killed because even, even and even me'imiz b'chi tzikachenu lamas, right? The Pasuk says, you take him even from the Mizbeach and, and you and you will, and he has to be killed. Now, that parsha of going to Me'im Mizbechi Tikachanu Lamas is a fascinating parsha because it's not it, it's it's really an extreme switch from where we started with, with somebody that's a Ratzach Bashagid. It's not just stum somebody that's Ratzach Bamezid, but somebody who's a Ratzach Bamezid, and the Torah is teaching you another halacha, which is from there that even is a filuhu, even if the person is serving in the in the base amikdash, even if he's a chayim and he's serving in the base amikdash and he's doing the avayda, if he if he's a rotzeh b'mezid, then you have to take him out and you have to kill him, even even from doing the avayda, meaning that the mizbeach is not doesn't protect him. So so agav the Torah is teaching me another halacha, and that halacha is that that. Um, that the, the Mizbeach could, in certain situations, under certain, certain circumstances, could protect a person and in a way that he won't, that he won't be killed. That concept of Mizbechi Tikachen Lamas, right, is that, um, that, that, that despite the fact that he's doing the Arvaida, he's in, in, in that place, but that implies that if, if it wasn't a Ritzicha B'mezid, just like the Ir Miklat, Saves the Rotzeach B'Shogeg, the Mizbeach would also save the Rotzeach B'Shogeg and would protect him. It's only the person who's a Rotzeach B'Mezid that gets taken out to be killed. Now, that halacha, the Gemara goes on to say, does not only apply, excuse me, only applies to a person who is a Rotzeach, who is a Kayin, right? It's only if he's a Kayin, and it's only if. It's only if he's eaten Avaidah, the Gemara says, it's only at the time that he's doing the Avaidah that the Mizbeach protects him. So that in and of itself is something that, that's a shtickle, it's a shtickle power, right? Because think about it. The reason why an Irmiklat protects a person is that's a Makam Kaddish. The Mizbeach, the, the, the Irmiklat is a Makam Kaddish. Because why is a Makam Kaddish? Because that's what Levim love. It gives him a certain basis of. The Mizbeach is even more Kaddish than the Ermiklat. And yet the Mizbeach can only protect a Kayin. The Ermiklat protects anybody. The Mizbeach only protects a Kayin. The Ermiklat protects a person no matter what he's doing. He can be going about his daily activities. The the uh, the the, the protects him. But when it comes to when it comes to a person who is who is being Saved, so to speak, by the mizbeach, he's only saved if um, if he if he's actually doing avodah when he's not doing avodah. So halay davarhu is if the if the mizbeach is a makom that's more kaddish and it's the kedusha that of that makom that protects you, wouldn't the mizbeach protect me more than an ermeklat would protect me? Wouldn't it protect a broader protection? Then what the what the Irmiklat provides? Why is it that this is a very refined, very specific type of uh, very specific type of uh, a protection that comes to him? Whereas whereas the whereas the the Irmiklat is is much broader. That's that's question number one. Number two is like this: there is a Yalkut Ruveni. Yalkut Ruveni 
There's an interesting collection of Midrashim that deals much more than regular Midrashim that deals to more, uh, deal with more regular kind of stuff. The Yalkut Ruveni is a collection of Midrashim that was taken later that deals usually with much more esoteric matters, things that are more Shamayimdik, if you will. They have more than what have things to do that are that that are, that, that are much that are connected on things that we don't necessarily deal with, but how things work in the upper spheres up in, in Shemayim. And the Yalkut Ruveni lists a bunch of things. And, and after the Yalkut Ruveni says, you see that certain mitzvos push off certain, the 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 the, 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 the ancien of certain Averis. In other words, there are certain times you do a mitzvah, whatever that mitzvah is, we don't know what the cheshman is, but sometimes this mitzvah, a mitzvah X, Pushes off the pushes off the einish the 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 punishment for avera y right if I as long as I'm doing the right thing this mitzvah pushes off that 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 avera we have that's not again it's not it's not our chesed it's not for us to know but in shemaim the yalkor ravin is listing in shemaim how that we see such a thing the guy who says that you see that idea in our psukim over here in this in this in this parsha of the rotzeach and specifically of the Ratzeach B'Shoigig, or this idea of Mi'imiz because the Gain says like this, the Gain says, it seems to be saying that Dafka, because he, what he did wrong, what he did wrong was a Ratzicha, because he was a Ratzeach B'Mezid, so therefore the fact that he's being Osuk in mitzvahs, in a, in a, in a mitzvah of Avayda in the Beis HaMikdash, or Avayda on the Mizbeach, that's not going to protect him. But dafka because it's a ritzicha, amazing, right? Dafka because it's a ritzicha. But if but if it wouldn't be ritzicha, if not for the fact that not for the fact that he, that he had done something wrong, right? So the, so the 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 um the the mizbeach would be cut. The mizbeach would save him. And and the Maisa is if you look in 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 Nach, we find this idea that the mizbeach protects a person. First of all, the obvious place where it where where it's where it's kimat mafurish, where it says that is by Shlomo by Yoya. After he, after David Amelch dies, Yoav goes and he grabs onto the Mizbeach, that the Mizbeach is going to be protected. But the Medrash tells us even more than that. It says that after Shaul Hamelch was killed, so the Givainim came, the people of the Givainim came to David Amelch to Taina that Shaul Hamelch's children were Chayav Misa, because their children had starved to death because Shaul killed them. So David Amelch is to give over. Um, all of Shaul's banim, all Shaul's children, so that they, to, in, as a sort of, as a, as a, I don't know if you recall, a revenge, as a repayment for the fact that he had, that he had caused their deaths. Now, the, the reality is, what, 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 the, but Davram, so Davram gives over most of Shaul's children, except for one, except for Mephibosheth. Mephibosheth was Shaul's son, who was Davram Elf's Rebbe, he learned, spent his time always learning Torah. And David Amalek basically says this. He says, we'll allow the Mizbeach to judge who it is that's going to be given over Lamisa. And only those children, the Mizbeach is not Kailat, the Mizbeach doesn't, doesn't hold them and protect them. They're the ones that are going to be given over. Mephibosheth goes in front of the Mizbeach, the Mizbeach holds on to him and protects him, and therefore Mephibosheth is spared the fate of the rest of his brothers. But we find this idea that somehow... One aver, one one mitzvah pushes off um, another aver. The shell is what is the mechanism? Like how does that work? In other words, what's the idea that the mizbeach is saving is 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 saving them? 
um, uh, w- w- that idea is right. Um, um, so 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 why is it that 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 saves him more? Okay, so there's a a, a vart from the Ishbitzer in discussing in general how we look at shoyeg. I do. I want to use this sort of as a platform or, or, or a spring a springboard to bring out the nakuda because we're going to look at a, maybe a little deeper. The Ishbitzer the says that the reality is that in some ways shogeg is worse than mazik. Shogeg is worse than mazik. Why? Because the show, show when a person does something with shogeg, that's part of his inner self. That's part of who he is. It's part of his natural natias. If you remember, we discussed going way back on Parshas, I don't even know if it was this year, it might even have been last year. We discussed in Parshas, um, in the beginning of Parshas told us, when it talks about Rivka, when she's pregnant and she goes in front of the Bate Abba Zara and the, and the, um, she goes in front of the Bata base of Medishna, base of Arizara, and the Rashi brings very straight to Abanim Bekirba, that Asaph tried to come out by the base of Arizara, and Yaakov Avinu wanted to come out by the base of Medrash. Right? And we, there, the Maral raises the issue well, what does that mean? What, they, they're not born yet. They don't have a Chira. They're not, they're, not, they're, not, they're not choosing something. And the Maral says a Yasod over there that is very important, very, very critical, fundamental understanding of human nature. And that is that we, have, we all have innate inner drives towards one thing or another, we would call our nature. We have a natural affinity for one thing or another. Shogig, in a certain way, brings out, what is shogig? Shogig means, one of the girls this afternoon when I was giving the share said, shogig means you do it by accident. It doesn't mean you do it by accident. It means you do it without, it means it's something that happens that's not a conscious decision to do whatever it is that you did wrong. So, so Lamashal, because imagine I have a splinter. So if I have a big mass of splinter and goes deep into my hand, but it's sticking all the way out, right? So I take that splinter, I take it where it's sticking out, I pull it out, it's painful, it's a wound, it's a, right? But I, but I can see it, I know what the problem is, I can take it out and I can fix it. If it's a tiny little splinter that gets in all the way under the skin, it's very hard to get in, it's very hard. So, so the Ishbitzer says that in some ways, shogig is something that's insidious. It's something that's inside me. It's like a, it's like a part of my. It's part of a part of who I am. So, I want to take that that, that take that idea of what the pshat in shogig is, and perhaps say 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 like Lapiansky says it, perhaps a, a little starker, a little deeper. Um, the Ramam has a whole section. A little, it's a little bit of nogeim the Ramam talks about that there are certain things that we do because that's our Bechira. We decide to do them. That's what most of Hilchus, the Hilchus that the Ramam discusses. Or when a person makes a chajban, you make a shikol, etc. You make a decision, you figure out what you're going to do and you, and you do it, right? Then there are things that we call, that the Ramam calls deos. Deos are the inner mores, the behaviors that I take on unconsciously. I do them Instinctively, in some circles, we might call them we might call them nurture. They're 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 based on the sviva in which I find myself. They're based on the environment where I am, and they affect a lot of different things. They affect a lot of the ways that we act without actually thinking about it. The patterns of speech, perhaps, in many times, the way we dress, how we the, the how we how we behave, and what we consider 
culturally normal, right? Or awkward, right? right? What, what's, what are the things that we consider okay and not okay, right? If a person grows up in an environment where everybody eats with chopsticks, I eat with chopsticks. It's my natural inclination. I think I want to eat food and take chopsticks. I eat in a place where they, they shovel the food into their mouth with their hands, and then I think it's completely normal to shovel. And if I eat with a knife and fork, then it's a knife and fork. And, the, and if I do something in my saviva, not like my then it stands out. It's not, but I'm not making a decision to eat with a knife and fork every day when I sit down and I eat with a knife and fork. That's the society that I was brought up in. That's the, that's the attitude that, that, that's a part of who I am. It's something that it comes to me naturally because that's the way, that's just the way everything that's around me. That's the way, that's, I, I just act on those things without even thinking about them. We call, we would call them things that become, they become like second nature to a person. They become his, they become his innate self. They become the a sense, there's like, there's no thinking about those things. There's, it's just, that's what it is. Um, uh, those those things the Ram says are governed mostly by the sviva in which you live. They're governed by what is the how is it that the people who are around me how do they behave? What are the activities that the people who are around me are doing? There's a there's a there's a mimer from there's, there's an idea from the Sefer Ha'akeda. Sefer Ha'akeda a commentary on Chumash. He writes I don't think it's on this week's parsha, but he writes. With regard to Ritzika, that Ve'etzim, there's two ways in which a person can be, there are two ways in which a person can be a Rotzeach B'mezi. He can be a, he can be, he can kill deliberately. You can have what you call premeditated murder, right? Which is, I planned it out. I see that person and, and I know that I don't like him. And I figure out when he's going to be in the place where I want him to be and how he's going to be. And, and then I kill him, right? Or you have, which is not pre-planned, it's not, it's not premeditated, but it's a crime of passion. It's like, I see somebody, I get angry at him, and I kill him. It's not a show game. I didn't do it by accident. I did it deliberately, but it's, it's a different, it's a different part in how I do this. Sometimes there's things that I think about, there's things that I, that I, that I, that are thought out. There are things that, that happen by accident. In, in the, in the parsha of show there's also, two ways to look at shogig. There's certain types of shogig where, which are perhaps the bulk of what we do with shogig, which is the idea that we say, that we do things like omer mutter. Usually it's because we're just not familiar enough with what the halacha is. We just don't know, right? So we assume that this is mutter. And then I find out, oh, what you did was wrong. You made a mistake. It's not right. That's not, you're not allowed to do that. Right, so I so, said, okay, fine, son. I do chua because I because I did something b'shogeg. That type of shogeg is it's ice kachesben. It's like it's like thought out. It's premeditated. It's a premeditated shogeg. It's based on a mistake. It's based on a toes. It's based on something that's 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 done incorrectly. But there's another level of shogeg that's completely different. There's another level of shogeg that comes out. That is when I do something b'shogeg, not because I thought about it. But I do it because ingrained within me is a certain nitia, a certain leaning towards behaviors that bring me to do Averis without thinking about them. I'll give you an example. So imagine you're in a, if depend, like, what is the attitude? Sometimes maybe this goes differently for boys and for girls, maybe even, but, but what is the attitude if you're, if you, to driving a car? As a person, when he gets into a car, is he thinking, this 
hunk of steel, right? This hunk of metal or plastic or whatever, aluminum, whatever it is, right? Is a killing machine. It is, it is something that is extremely dangerous. I have to be super careful and aware of what I'm doing when I get into this vehicle because I can hurt people. Or does the person have an attitude of, I'm going to do whatever I want, law of the stop sign, speed limits, who cares, right? I'm just, I just do whatever I want. Now, again, the attitude that I have is governed by the society in which I live in. If I live in a place where they're super careful about speed limits, signs, you know, obeying the laws, et cetera, not passing when the line is a solid line, I, you, you name it, right? Whatever the law, people are medoctic in those things. I become sensitive to those things. And I don't make, I don't have a, a laissez-faire attitude towards those types of things. If I live in a place where they don't care about such things, everybody's speeding, everybody's passing on the, everybody's passing on the right instead of on the left. Everybody's, right? Everybody's doing whatever it is because the, the laws, driving laws are not important. And then an accident happens. Somebody stepped off the curb right where you shouldn't have. Had you been driving carefully with your lights on and then your thing and, and going at the speed limit, you would have been able to stop. But now you, you were driving without any consideration and, and uh, unfortunately an accident happened. Something went wrong, right? How did it happen? Because innately, people just weren't careful. There was, it, wasn't, it wasn't something you did wrong. It's something your sviva made ingrained into you. I'm just using the driving as an example, but it could be in anything. Do people have a sensitivity towards one another? Do they care about what somebody else is thinking about or about what somebody else is doing? Or, or not. Or, they're not, or they, simply, they simply just don't care. They're not considerate. They're not thinking about others. There's no concern about others. The parsha of the Ritzach B'Shogig on a certain level is about the fellow who is not careful about other people. He's very self-absorbed. He's very, and that, that type of attitude is not something that's, it's not a chisarin in him. It's a chisarin in the place where he lives. It's a chisarin in, in everybody that's around him. That's the general attitude. It's lackadaisical. What happened? He went into the forest, right? And he had an axe. He went into the forest. He swung the head of the axe forward and the head of the axe came flying off and it hit somebody else. That's called a retzeh b'shogim. What's the shogun? If you would have followed the rules of Ed that everybody knows when you go into the workplace, check your tools. Make sure that they're okay. Look around you. Make sure there's nobody in the area so that you don't so that an accident doesn't happen. How does the, how did this take place? This this comes from just a general lackadaisical attitude of how I look at things. Right? You need what does the Torah tell us? You need retraining. Go to the Ir Mikvah. Go to a Mokum where they're supposed to be thinking about things. Go to a Mokum where the consideration is sort. Go to a Mokum where Derech is is, 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 is is important. Go Remove yourself from that Sviva. And a person has to know the reality is my Sviva, that influences how I act. That, that changes who I am. My whole attitude in the little things in life, in the little things that I don't even think about, is influenced by that type of thing. And it brings out... A various bishogi. Things happen bishogi because there's not a care and a consideration and a concern for these types of things. Whether it's been on the types of things or been on the types of things, it doesn't make a difference. But th- th- there's a certain 
lackadaisical attitude towards whatever it happens to be, that creeps into me and ultimately brings me to do our various The Torah says, you need retraining. You need to go to a new sphere. Go to the air Mikla. Go find yourself, go find yourself in a makom that's going to change how you approach everything in life. That's that's the critical element. But what the Torah says with the claim is with this parsha of the Mizbech, the Torah is telling me another, there's another way in which a person protects himself, quote unquote, from his sviva. One is, you know, right, the Gemara says, Rabbi Yossi says, I'm only going to live in a makam term, only going to live in a makam where there are I'm only going to live in a makam where people are behaving in that manner. Hopefully, that's the way Tommy Akam are behaving, right? That's 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 the, the ideal. That's what that's what we're that's what we're striving for. But but th- that I that concept. There's another way in which a person is protected, and that is the but through the, uh, the through through the kayin doing the avoda. What's the what what does the kayin doing the avoda represent? What is that? What's the symbol? What's the symbolism of a kain doing avoda? Kain doing avoda is somebody who's putting out kedusha from himself into the world. He's he's exuding something. The principle the Gemara talks about and yishachta mehema is a very te- technical idea, but but it's important for what we're trying to say over here. When yishachta mehema, right? So the first rush of blood that's called dam hanefesh. That's the ikar dam that's asr midoraisa. That dam is very warm. Right, coming from a warm blood animal, and you know, our temp- internal body temperatures are over 96 degrees, it's very warm. The Gemara has a shallow why that dam is not immediately reabsorbed back into the behemoth, and then once dam that's reabsorbed, it doesn't come out when you do Malika. Why doesn't that dam aser? Why doesn't that dam make it that that the that the uh, that the whole behemoth is also because it reabsorbs the dam in the makamashita where the knife is pushing the pushing it in. You have sasakin and you have and you have you have something that's warm. So how why isn't the animal every animal the whole area of the base ashita should be automatically not kosher? Why isn't it that way? So the Gemara says a very technical answer, but that's it's a principle that we should that we have to learn from. The Gemara says the idea is because I need to the words of the Gemara are I need to treat the light in a balea. Because the animal is in the middle of pushing out the blood, the blood doesn't go back in. Meaning it's a unidirectional kind of thing. When we're pushing things out, then things don't go in. If I'm talking to you, I can't be breathing at the same time or trying to eat something at the same time. I can't put something in at the same time as I'm trying to get something out. It only goes in one, it's one direction or the other. It's either in or it's going, it's either going in or it's going out. The same thing is true in Ruchnis. If a person is in a sviva, a negative sviva, a place where things are bad for him, but he's exuding kedusha, he's exuding, he's doing something kaddish. The kayan is about, he has he has an aveira by him. He's he's not he can't be a retzach with He's a retzach b'shaygeg, right? But he's doing the avodas and masharis. He's putting into the bria kedusha. Then as long as he's putting that kedusha into the bria, I think it's reading lift lights. As long as he's pushing something out. In a balea, he's not going to absorb anything from the, from the surrounding of where he is. He's not going to become something negative. His uh, ex, external pushing out of that kedusha represents the same thing. That's the idea we're saying over here. The, the pshat is there's two there are two things that 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 make a person into a better person or a worse person that that, that allow for a person's in 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 inherent na- uh, nurture to be something that, that impacts him in a negative way, because everybody is impacted by their siva, like the Ram says, in Uncle says, the, the deos that you have 
are based upon the sriva that you come from. But the, how do you, so how do you protect yourself? Either you have to be in the right sriva, so that the deus that you absorb or the type of deus that you want to give out, that a person sees himself in a makam where he doesn't find his speech is so refined. Or they find, 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 finds herself that she's not dressing the way she would, she would be proud to be dressing. You need to change that sriva. Don't think that you're going to stay in that sriva and be able to break away from it. The only other way that you can that you could potentially break away from it, you could change it, is if you are capable of giving out kedusha on that particular thing. You're able, you're able to be a mashpia in what you're doing. In other words, if a person has a situation where in his life he's a mashpia, he's 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 sent as on a shlichus to be somewhere. He has to be in a certain place at a certain time. He goes to that place. And he turns himself into a mashpia in that makam, a person who's influential, who has an influence and a change on what's going on in that place. As long as, as he's tired, left light, as long as he's working on giving something over, you're not going to absorb from the environment that's around him. The guy who stands up in shul and makes a machah about people talking during David, let's say, you know, not something, Baruch Hashem, not a machah that we suffer from in this town so much, right? A guy who makes a machah about people speaking during Dalim, and he and he makes it his business that every time when he comes into shul, he comes into shul, and he davens, and he doesn't, he makes sure he never talks. Such a person, he's not going to be, even if he's in a shul where everybody's talking, he's not going to be mushba from that because he's already made it clear to everybody around him that talking in Dalim is not acceptable. Talking, Dvaram Betalim in the Beisach Nessus, unacceptable. It's unacceptable to me, and it should be unacceptable to you. And if I'm teaching that, and I'm living that, and I'm being that, then I'm not, the idea that's really lift up because he's giving off that message, he's constantly aware of himself, that this is the example that I'm setting. I'm not speaking the way it's like this. I'm not talking to him. This, he's not going to end up, oh, one day just uh, t- 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 turning to his friend and whispering something in the middle of Khazar's attacks. Because he's the guy that's always made himself that, that he's made himself that person. When a person makes himself makes themselves that mashpia, they're not that way. A, a, a Gvaldic example is this light. Think about it. Light, right? But who was light? Light was who grew up in Beisab, Beisab Ram. He's from, he's, he's, he's Avram Avinu's nephew. He grew up in the house of Avram Avinu. He was a person who was completely mustered to Avram Avinu's chesed. You see how he was worse than Efesh to take the malachim into his house. He wanted that for himself. Nevertheless, but because he wasn't constantly being mashpia, so he becomes mushba from the Makamari, yes, he becomes mushba from Stein. Does he become Ba'etzamasdaimi? No, because when he leaves Stein, he runs away from Stein without ever looking back. He not looking back means you're not connected to him. His wife, who was connected, she was from Stein and she felt connected to Stein. She looks back because she's there's a longing, there's a desire, there's there's a piece of her that wants to be back there. So she's looking over her shoulder to see what happens to Stein because she's still connected there. That's why she can't be saved. Because it's, it's, it's inherent in her. But in light, it's not a part of him. But yet, oh, even though he went, what it like had, a, he had from Cheshbainus when he went to Stein. I'm going to go there and I'm going to be my on them and I'm going to I'm going to teach them and I'm going to, right? And what Hashwa did he end up happening? Not a positive Hashwa. Look at him, he's, he's about to give away his daughters. He, they will and be on him because if you're not being tired, lift like if you're not working to give it over, you can't. Let's go back and try to look at, look at that loose ends that we that we that we, that we talked about before. We asked the Levium are on one level, a Kayan's even on a higher madrigal. The Ir Miklot is 
is, is, is protects everybody. The Mizbeach only protects the Kayan when he's being Masharis. But the Pshad is because there are different, there's a difference in how you in the how they're being matzo. The one is a, the Hatzala of, of the Ermiklad is to say that the Sviva that I'm in is going to protect me. I'm not going to have outside influences coming in, into me and making me something that's dark. They say, the Velt asks a paradox. They say like this, if you take clear water, you drop a little drop of ink into it, all the water gets clouded. But if you take a dark room and you put light into that room, the whole room lights up. So which one is it? Which one, which one, is, which one, which one is it? Is it do, 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 does darkness overcome light? Or does, or does light, does clarity, or does cloudiness overcome clarity? So what's the, what's the chilk? Why, why, why is one one way and the other way? The chat is like this. The, the little drop of ink in the sviva means like this. The cup of water is not the etzim clear. It's it's mamela clear. It, meaning it's not inherently something that 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 is clear. It happens to be clear right now. That just happens to be the way it is. When you have something that just happens to be that way, all it takes is a little drop inside it, and it clouds the whole thing up. You happen to be in a good sviva, so you're you're going to be pure. You're clear. You're in the clear. You put a little drop of something negative in there, it clouds everything up. You want, but the light and the darkness of chat, the light is mashpia outwards. It gives off something that's it's changing the sviva around it. So you, if you want to be, if you want to go into a dark place, if you're not going to be the lightness, if you're not going to be the mashpia, if you're not going to give out from yourself, you're not going to be that spark that's giving out, then, then it won't, you're not going to, you're not going to have that at So there's two ways a person protects himself. Either you put yourself in the right sviva, or you're mashpia, and, you, and if you're going to be mashpia, it's only as long as the kain's masharis. It's only as long as you're doing that avida. If you're not actually doing the avida, it's not happening. It's not, that, that hashpa is not that positive hashpa is not coming out. The two ways, well, one, there's two two hatzalos. One is the proper sviva. You need to be in the proper sviva because you're impacted by your sviva. You are you are not you're we're not we all ha- are inherently influenced by everything that's around us. We're not deliberately clear. We're not clear water. We only happen to be clear because nothing as negative has come along and been much beyond us, but put a drop of ink into that and the whole thing turns cloudy. You can't afford that. You can't afford that. You can't afford to be in a place where you don't have a choice. You have to be in a dark place. Then make sure that you're giving out the light because as long as you're not giving off that light, then the darkness is crowding you out and you're not going to have that opportunity. That's that's the lesson of the of the, of the, of the, of the Ritzach, which is of the Gimel Chamuris, it's the most logical one. In other words, what's the Pshat, why we say by the Gimel Chamuris, what's the Pshat, why it's Yahari Val Yavor on Ritzicha? It's because there's no logic to say that you're better than the next person. You're not better than it. It's, the, the whole idea of Ritzicha is it's, it's how do I function in society in the world that's around me? How do I function in the world that's all around me? Logically, it makes sense. So, so the word seach b'shogig, if you kill b'shogig, means means if you have inherently within you hashpas that are saying that you're not sensitive to those that are around you, you're not sensitive to people around you, you're going to end up being a retzach. You're going to be put yourself into a That's not going to happen. Make sure you're in that ear miklat. And if you're stuck, you can't be in that ear miklat. You have to be a kain. It's your job took you to a place, forced you into a matzav where you have to be doing something else, then make sure you're being Masharis. Make sure that you're giving off the Kedusha. Make sure that you're doing the Avaida. Because unless you're actually doing the Avaida, the Mizbeach, the, the mission that you have to be in that place, in, in that Malcolm, it's not going to protect you. 
unless you're giving off that Kedusha yourself, when you're giving off that Kedusha, then even in such a Malcolm, you could be protected. Okay, good Thank you. Thank you. Ellen, were you able to hear? Yes.